chapter 14. We began a, not a lengthy, just a small five-week series on Sunday morning last week on five of the most important questions asked in the Bible. Uh, we'll look at these important questions, and last week we certainly did them. Uh, Job chapter 14, as soon as you find your place, right before the book of Psalms, you'll find the book of Job uh, chapter 14. And stand with us, if you would, please. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 10. Please join me in verse number 11 and every other verse till we close together, verse 14. Job 14:10. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dryeth up. So man lieth down and riseth not. Till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me at a set time and remember me. Read verse 14 together. This is the text verse for this morning. If a man die, shall he live again all the days of my appointed time, Will I wait till my change come? And that's the text this morning. If a man die, will he live again? Father, help us this morning. Thank you for some first-time guests and visitors. Thank you, Father, for some tremendous answers to prayer. Uh, I know that uh, both Brother and Mrs. Kane and Brother and Mrs. Zane still need our constant and consistent prayers, and we do pray for them. But what a joy it is to see these folks back with us. Good to see Brother Dale back with us and some others that we've been praying for. Father, I pray you would arrest our attention now at this time. May we forget for the next half hour what's going on, what we will be doing this afternoon. And would you, through your spirit and through your word, would you speak to our hearts? Give us the assurance that in Christ, when our loved ones die, that we'll see them again. And I would pray this morning, Father, for that one that does not know Christ as Savior. And I pray today that they would not hesitate to turn to you by faith and trust you so that they too understand one day if they die, they will rise again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Start singing a song the angels cannot sing. Oh, what a moment when we see Jesus, when we stand face to face in his embrace and thank him for a man. Oh, what a moment. 
harvest will then be past. We'll no longer gather only what's done for Christ is all that will matter. The seeds we have sown will then be made known. Then what joy shall fill our raptured souls that day. Oh, what a moment when we see Jesus, when we stand face to face in His embrace and thank Him for amazing will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face and all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see face in his embrace and thank him for amazing grace oh what a moment when we see him oh what a moment when seem fair when the Lord gives somebody a voice like that, huh? The rest of us can't carry a tune in the bucket. Uh, take your Bible, Job chapter 14. As we answer or seek to answer these very life-important questions, both today and in the weeks to come, please understand where the answers come from. They do not come from a pastor. They do not come from a denomination. They don't come from any sphere of theological training. They come from the Word of God. In the last message we, we looked at last week, uh, we asked ourselves a very important question as we do today. We are in our faith today mocked and made fun of because we believe that there is life beyond the grave. Did you ever notice that the great monuments of the earth are dedicated to death? The pyramids in Egypt, why were they built? And who are they dedicated to? Those that are dead and dying. The mausoleum of Holocarnaeus, 
even took the king and placed a mausoleum for his death. St. Peter's in Rome is supposedly and supposed to be the grave or the burial place of St. Peter. Westminster Chapel in London is the burial place of the dead. Jefferson Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, Washington Memorial, there's all dedicated to one who is dead or some that died. The greatest monuments and memorials around the nation and in, around the world are for people who died. It is universal that you cannot and I cannot escape death. My wife told me this morning, did you hear about on the north side of town where a shooting took place last night? The night before, we lost two. We lost a man in a wheelchair that was hit, 50-some-year-old man that was hit on Highway 50 in Club Manor. That same day, we lost two on I-25 in the Pueblo area. You think about this. We're not going to escape death. We're not going to escape trial or tribulation or sorrow. But nothing is as final and decimating as death itself. That means it's over. For that, the fellowship and we have with that person. So Job, now think about this. I'm going to give you the background of Job chapter number 14. You remember that God was bragging on his servant Job, and he said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And Satan thought of Job just the same thing he thinks of you and I. The only reason Bill and Mary Beth Patrick serve the Lord is because what God gives them. The only reason Tom and Ruth or Paul and Nancy or, or Wally and Rebecca or Jeff and Lynn or whoever, the only reason God, that we serve God is because of the freebies that God gives us. That's what Satan thinks. I pray that you and I serve God because we love him. He's our Savior. So the Lord told him then, told Satan, he said, I'm going to prove to you you're wrong. You can have him except you cannot take his life. And boy, did the devil ever come after Job. The Bible says in the book of Job, and while he yet speaketh, and while he yet speaketh, and while he yet speaketh, I mean, it was just bad news after bad news after bad news. You've lost your cattle. You've lost your health. You've lost, now listen, all of your children died. So now in chapter 14, all 10 of Job's children are dead. He's looking at some of the graves, we think. He's looking at the places where they buried those precious bodies. And this thought comes to his mind. If a man die, shall he live again? We have ladies that are in this room that you lost a precious little baby. Do you hope to see that baby one day? Some of you have lost a son or a daughter. Some of you have lost a mate. Do you hope to see that person again? If a man dies, shall he live again? So Job writes this after his children had passed. Go back in the chapter 14 there. Look at verse number 1 and 2. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. That's the frailty of life. In another part in the scriptures, it says, your life and mine is the vapor. It appears for a while and it's gone. Do you remember when you were 20? They used to tell us this when Kathy and I uh, 
when we were, Daniel and Randy, your age, and we had some little boys and girls in tow, and we'd go to church, and, and they'd love on the little kids for a while, and they'd say, now be careful, you enjoy them while you can, because one day they're going to be old, and they're going to leave the house, and yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, yeah, it happened, huh? Just yesterday you were, uh, you were in school, and yesterday you were in college, and and so Job talks about that. Look at verse number seven. Look what he says to her: For there is a hope of tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again. Now he's comparing human life to plant life. You ever had that happen? You cut a tree, and then something comes up from the stump. That's what Job is talking about. And the and tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk therefore die in the ground, yet though uh, through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth uh, burrows like a plant. So Job now is picking up this thought of if a man die, shall he live again? Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Now he's talking about body parts here. He said, or ever the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher broken at the fountain. We think that's talking about the heart. Or the wheel is broken in the cistern. Yesterday's we went out and invited people to church and tell them about the Lord. Josh and I had the privilege of knocking on a young lady's door. I prayed that she'll be here. And she said this. We tried to invite her to church and she said something like this. She said, I just have a problem going to church now. And I said, something happened in church. And she said, yes. You see, I was engaged to be married, and, and my fiancé and I were a part of this church, and, and he unexpectedly died when he was 40-some years old. 40's young, right? Help me with here. Everybody shake your head. Help Pastor out here today. Thank you, Brad. Uh, 40's young. She began to cry. Nobody from the church called us. Pastor didn't show up at the funeral. Nobody brought meals. It's like we didn't exist. When I heard, when later on, when we asked her uh, in the conversation, how did your fiancé die? She said, he died of a heart attack. That golden bowl is broken. Ecclesiastes 12, he goes in and says, Then shall the dust uh, return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who made it. So we look and peer into the night and the darkness and wonder, what is this thing called death? The ancient civilization and the ancient cultures were unable to come up with an answer. Egyptian hieroglyphics, you think about that? For, for thousands of years, we've been trying to and paleontologists and others were trying to read, what are they saying? What are the words? And it wasn't until recently because of Rosetta Stone that the hieroglyphics of, of Egypt spake, and we understand this, they were speaking of death and a hope of life after. That's what was marked in those stones and those rocks that we pray that there, they are, there's going to be a life after. So it was with the cuneiform inscriptions of the Chaldean language, looking at them for centuries and centuries, we wondered, and historians wondered what they were saying. 
finally, in modern times, we were able to decipher, and those cuneiform inceptions spoke of the same things that the Egyptian hieroglyphics did, that there's going to be death and life after death. But they never gave an answer. The Greek warrior, therefore, was buried with his armor because he's going to need it in the life after. The painted American Indian was buried with his bow and arrow. Why? After death, I'm going to need, on the other side of life, I'm going to enter into another life, and he would need them in the world to come. The lowest tribes in Africa and, uh, and the degraded Pentagonians in South, Afro, South America had a, had a hope that there would be life beyond the grave. And can I tell you this? We live in the day of postmodernism and rationalism. And we, 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 we push God away from all of our higher learning. And there is no answer about life or death in nationalism, in modern atheism. Genesis chapter 4. I want you to turn there with me. We'll come back to, to, to uh, Job in just a moment. But Genesis chapter number 4. It's amazing to me that how that people that attack our beliefs how that when they're getting ready to die, that they embrace a life after death. I read this week of a, a famous agnostic in America. And as his mom and dad were dying, he said this. Now he taught others, there is no God, don't believe in God. There's no life after. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But when he was burying his mom and his daddy, he said this. I can only hope that there is life beyond the grave. Rationalism, postmodernism uh, that, that we're involved with today has no answer with life and beyond the grave. In Genesis chapter 4, you look there and look at verse number, verse number 8. It says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass while they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and slew him. And I'm going to think about this. It doesn't change when death comes. Imagine Adam and Eve grieving at the death of their son and especially at the hands uh, of one of their other children. Do you think about this? How do you explain that people that don't even believe in God hope and pray beyond the grave? We talked to you about last week that Charles Darwin, who gave us evolution, we read for you. Uh, the, the, the diary of the woman, his nurse that went in and tended to him for three months before he died. We gave you verbatim the words of Charles Darwin on his deathbed where he turned against, he did not, he did not in his lifetime suspect that these silly ideas and notion as man coming from a beast or man evolving that they'd ever catch fire. On his deathbed, he turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. As it is with many who do not believe in the things of our faith. Where can we find it? Where can we find the answer to whether if a man dies, shall he live again? Can we look at the poets and poets around us? Will they give us an answer? Will higher education help us with that? Do politicians have something to say in the presence of death when we wade through the teachings of natural religion and read the philosophies and, and, and the philosophers 
Aristotle, Plato, these men, they don't give us an answer of death and dying and what's beyond the grave. Even in the Old Testament, it leaves us somewhat in the dark about what there is beyond the grave. Go with me. What does the Bible say in the book of, in, in the book of Genesis? And Enoch walked with God. What is the next words? And he was not. What does that mean to you? What do you mean he was not? God just rub him out? He was not, for God took him. Elijah went to heaven, how? In a whirlwind, the chariots of Israel just vanished. Enoch was not, for God took him. And all the Bible said, now watch it, when Saul speaks to Samuel to call him up from the dead. And then the scripture just kind of leave you hanging. Is there... Was Samuel alive? Was he a body? Was he a spirit? How did he come back? Even Daniel, concluding the 12th chapter, his vision from heaven, told us to seal up until the appointed time. When is that ultimate and final revelation for which our hearts will pray and long for? Give me an answer. Help me to understand. If I bury, as a lady, if, I, if you bury that precious little baby, if you prematurely a, a, a husband or a wife, if you bury a son or a daughter, do we really hope to see that loved one again? If a man dies, shall he live again? Can I say this to you sweet people here this morning? It is through our Lord Jesus Christ our Savior and our King, that we get a final answer. Take a marker and uh, to Job. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Jesus says, as he identifies himself in the book of Revelation, chapter number 1, listen to this. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Was Jesus alive on earth? Say amen. Did he die? Yes, he did. But listen to what he said. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive for how long? Forevermore. So Jesus, now listen, Daniel couldn't do it. And Job couldn't do it. And David couldn't do it. And, and philosophers couldn't do it. And, and the Egyptians and, and the Greeks and all of these learned people could not help us to understand what happens when I die and what happens when my loved one dies? Is there life beyond the grave? So here comes Jesus, God's answer to man. And he said, don't worry about this. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. That's why look at now, 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. What is the gospel? Watch this. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. If you're witnessing to somebody, don't just tell them about the life and death of Jesus Christ. Get him up out of that grave. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He rose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever for his saints to reign. But now Paul says he lived, he died. Now look at the, look at the next verse, verse 4. And then he was buried. Now watch this. And then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Can I say this to you this morning? 
If you are in this room, and we'll talk about that tonight, I want to encourage you to be back tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about the whosoever wills of the Bible. We'll dip just a little bit into Calvinism and whosoever wills of the Bible. If you ever responded to the call of God and you trusted Christ as your Savior, just as sure as Jesus rose from the dead, if you die, if I die in Christ, we too will rise from the dead. Go back in 1 Corinthians 15. He goes even further into this. Look at verse number 14. Now watch this. Two religious groups in Jesus' time. Tell me what they were. The Pharisees. The Pharisees believed in a bodily resurrection. The Sadducees did not, and they were always fighting against you, and they're always butting heads. So now Paul's talking to both groups, and he turns them against each other. And he said this. Look at verse number 14. Watch what he says. And if Christ be not risen, who believed that? Sadducees believe Christ is not risen. Then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. I say this to you this morning as I preach to you. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then you and I will not rise from the dead. And if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, there is no reason to have church. Shut the doors. Close our Bibles. Go out that door and never open this place again because I have no hope to offer you. Now watch what Paul says. He said, if Christ did not raise from the dead, watch what he says. Yea, and if we are found false witnesses of God, because ye have testified of God that he raised up Christ. Brother Bill, I'm sure you've done this. Some of you, me and Brother Bliss, is helping another church this afternoon. You think about this, how many times I have been to a hospital room, how many times I've been to a hospice room, how many times I've looked down into the face of a departing saint and said, listen, God's going to take you on the other side, and brother, sister, I'll see you on the other side. Did I lie to them? Paul's saying this, Paul's saying, if I have, if there is no resurrection, then I'm a false witness. Now look at verse number 16, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. I think about this, I don't know how many of you in this room, you've already lost both your mother and your father. Would you raise your hand? Betty, does it ever get any easier? Raise your hand again. You lost your mom and dad. Brother Paul, you ever miss your dad? My dad and I, when his health failed, I'd call every Sunday morning after church. Dad, dad, here's what happened today. God, dad, it was good today. And we had folks saved. We had folks baptized. And, and he prayed. And you know, think about this. I can't call that phone anymore. I can call it, but my cousin answers it. A little different voice. I think sometimes something's going on. I just want to counsel with him. Sometimes even as a young man, I have a longing for my mom. Sometimes I told my wife this. I had a special relationship with my father-in-law. I loved him dearly. Learned a lot from him. I miss him. He was a master craftsman and woodworker. When I put my hands on a, some of his tools... When I do woodworking, oftentimes we had, Brother Vernon helped us with this, and Brother Josh and I were able to build a crib for little Peyton. 
I think my father-in-law had been right in there on that. I can go to Mountain View Cemetery. I can visit a mom and visit a dad and visit a mother-in-law and visit a father-in-law and visit a, a little sister and visit family. Are we foolish to believe that we'll see them again? Listen to what Paul says this. I love this. In this life, only if we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. Why don't you just live it up? If there is no Christ and no resurrection, you might as well just live it up. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we what? We die. Now Paul wraps it up. Look at what he says, verse 20, and watch this, the punch he gives it. But now is Christ risen. He's making a declarative statement. He's saying to those Sadducees, I know you don't believe it, but it doesn't make any difference. Jesus Christ is risen. And if he is risen, then we too in Christ will rise again. You think about this, oh, how has it changed Jesus said in John's gospel, I am the resurrection and the life. Now follow me. He that believeth in me, I asked you this this morning, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Watch what he says. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's a promise from Rocky Mountain Baptist Church. No. No. It's a promise from Jesus Christ, and we'll talk to you about this because maybe some of you have trusted Christ as Savior and you're doubting whether or not you're saved. May I encourage you to be back tonight? May I encourage you? If you are in Christ and you die, we will rise again. You think about this, whosoever liveth and believeth in me, he shall never perish, John 11. What a triumphant avowal that he gives us. He had the words of life, didn't he? These words speak to us today when our Savior said, if you believe in me and you trust me and you receive me, that when you die or if you die, you'll rise again. That young lady, as Josh and I spoke to her yesterday, she asked me a question. I can't answer. Brother John, I can't answer this. She said, Pastor, my heart was grieving. Now, my fiancé and I went to church together. I gave to that work. and We taught, and that young man, I went to my preacher after my, my fiancé died, and I said, tell me he's in heaven. Please tell me. Give me some hope that I'll see him again. Her preacher didn't know how to answer it. I don't know if I'll see you in heaven. I know this, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, I'll see you in heaven. Huh? You think about this. Jesus had the words of life. He spoke a word and Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. He spoke a word and the son, the, the widow son of Nain came back to life. He spoke, away, he spoke a couple of words, Lazarus, come forth, and the dead came forth. And I say this to you this morning, it is on the very words of Jesus Christ that I say to you that if you are in Christ and you die or your loved one dies, you will see that loved one again. Today, he says to the dying thief, Thou shalt be with me where? 
today. Isn't that good? Today. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine that thief walking arm in arm with Jesus? He deserved to be on the cross. But that day he trusted. He turned to a loving Savior. He forgave him his sins, and they walked in glory together. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise, walking arm in arm down those golden streets. Jesus and a thief. Jesus and what are you? Well, I'm a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is true. But deep down inside, I've got a wicked, evil heart. Jesus, I, it's amazing. There's one of the things, Brother Bill, not about ministry. But this is one of the things about the Christian life I'll never get over. Why would you save me? Why would you love me? Jesus and an alcoholic walking down the streets of glory. <laughs> Jesus and a druggie walking down the streets of glory. Yep. Jesus and a murderer walking down the streets of glory. Yep. Jesus doesn't walk with just the perfect people. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't really get along with the perfect people. Yeah. Amen. Huh? They didn't like, and then think about this, they didn't like it. You know what? There he is eating with the publicans and sinners. I've come to call, not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Why? I want to walk all eternity with them through the portals of heaven. So it is with death in Christ. We will one day be with Jesus. What did Paul say? And if you know it, if you tell me, absent from the body is present, present with the Lord. Death now then for a child of God is going to be with Jesus. What a rendezvous. I want to see my dad. I want to see my mom. I want to see my uncle and my grandfather. I want to see some dear friends. I want to see some people I led to Christ. I think about this week for some reason. I want to see Brother Sal Garcia. I miss his presence. I want to see Jesus. And it's going to happen. Somebody wrote this. I'm a stranger here. Heaven is my home. Earth is a desert drear. Heaven is my home. Sorrows and danger stand round me on every hand. Heaven is my fatherland. Heaven is my home. Death for a Christian is going home. In my father's house are many. Huh? Room for all of you. Huh? Think about it. if you come, if everybody comes to Pastor and Kathy's house, I don't have room. Some of you are going to have to stand up. If you stay overnight, some are going to have to sleep on the floor. Sorry. But if you don't know Christ as Savior and you want to know today if you died, you'd go to heaven, there's room for you. I go to prepare a place for you. What does he say in John 14? And if I go to prepare a place for you, what did Jesus say? I will come again. Revelation 4 said, I saw in a door in heaven, and I heard a voice say, come up hither. Either by death or by the rapture, soon we're going to be with Jesus. Now watch this. I believe this. Some of you here may never die. You're just going to pass from this life. There's no wreaths on those mansions, doors in heaven. There's no funeral procession. There's no cemeteries in heaven. Death is our ultimate and final triumph. What did Paul say? I have fought a good fight. 
I've kept the course. I've fi I finished the course. Uh, I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Therefore, I'm going to the grave. What did he say? Therefore, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them also who love his appearing. My latest son is sinking fast. My race is nearly run. My trials now are past. My triumph is become. Oh, come angels, bear my soul away to heaven, my final stay. Somebody... Some of you young people say, Preacher, I don't like this message. I don't want to go in the next load. I'm not going to say you're going to go in the next load. At last, Jesus changed this death from decay and corruption into a quickened and living and immortalized, glorified body. What a triumphant thing that in Christ will rise again. You think about what happens when a child of God, and this is a comfort. The Bible says, and the Apostle Paul actually said, that we comfort one another with the hope of eternity. Many of you have loved ones that you miss like I miss my loved ones in heaven. One day, when that last, last breath this side of heaven is taken, or the trump sounds, either way you look at it, we're going to be with